This is Alex Martin, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. What's up, you guys? Jeremy McGrath here. You are listening to Moto X Pod Show. Alright guys, A1 has come and gone, and we are back at the Moto X-Pod Show with episode 147, brought to you by Torque One Racing, which is providing high-quality, economical performance parts. Check out TorqueOneRacing.com for grips, pegs, handlebars, shifters, brake pedals, and more. Johnny and Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry, so follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are also supported by Shock Socks, Allsport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, Williams Moto Works, Works Wheels and Mods, and Extreme Colors, X-Brand Goggles, and a Cherbies, all supporting the show. So go support our sponsors. You can find links to the sponsors on the MotoXPodShow.com. Like I said, A1 is coming gone. I've got my producer in studio, DJ TJ. What's up? Man, just, um, I guess, reeling from all the excitement from the weekend. Yeah. Um, did you actually watch the race live? I did. I did. We We had like a pit bike day of riding all at my house all day long and then we all came inside and had i don't know 10 or 12 people over watching sweet also on the line from me from whiskey throttle radio as i always tell you guys the original whiskey throttle wasn't stolen this is the original mr kurt lucas what's up dude how's it how's it going man thank you uh for having me on of course yeah i wanted to get you on because i always think your opinion is pretty cool and uh, i enjoy your show and I want to get everybody's thoughts on A1. Um, just off the top, TJ, overall thoughts on A1. Good race? It really was. I mean, we had some excitement. There was a lot of guys that didn't do anywhere near what we thought. But yep. there yep. was excitement every race. So how can you ask for more? I mean, Brayton winning. Then you had the uh, Barsha and, and AC. and just I mean, it was just a good weekend. Yeah, yeah, Kurt, what'd you think, man? I was surprised by the way the weekend went, to be honest. Yeah, so unfortunately, I um, I was racing on Sunday, so I didn't actually get to watch it live and made the stupid mistake of checking Instagram on Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of saw who won. Yeah. But uh, I was very interested to see how it played out, and uh, as always, it's just great to have Supercross back on. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on with this round. Look, we always talk about A1 being a little... You can't really necessarily judge the re- what's going to happen the rest of the season by A1. But a lot of stories, I think, this weekend, uh, a lot of guys sick. The track was definitely more aggressive, more what a typical Supercross is like than a normal A1. Um, what do you got? What do you think, TJ? I mean, just looking at the track, were you surprised? No, I, I didn't. It, to me, it was jumpy, I guess you say. Mm-hmm. It was busy, which is was a good thing. Yeah. But it wasn't anything to me like it. I heard a lot of people talk about how, but to me, it was just another Supercross track. Well, yeah, that's the point, that normally A1's not. I don't think it, I mean, the last few years, or last year we had bad weather. I kind of want to just cut you off already. You just. Well, you can't go off of last year because they had bad weather. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I 
I mean, the whoops, it had two sets of whoops and one set Which was, is unusual, right? one. But one set was not even really, it had, I don't know, it wasn't that bad of, I mean, on TV, it did, they looked like simple Oh, they whoops. were gnarly, I was there, they were gnarly. Yeah. All right, for, you know what, Kurt, let's talk, let's, you and I talk. I, I don't know what this guy's, I don't, I don't even know what he does anymore. Uh, I, he may not even watch the race for all I know. What'd you think about the track? <laughs> I was uh, very surprised at how much it broke down. I, I thought I was watching like St. Louis or something. It seemed really soft, and it was almost like the 23rd rider out there. Like the, the guys were seeming more battle track than the other riders. It seemed like, um, but to TJ's point, like it was pretty jumpy. I thought, and uh, um, not, I guess not like, I guess to your point, Dark Side, not like a normal Anaheim. It, it was pretty jumpy and technical, which you know you saw a lot of guys make mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. Um... You know the track being there, like you, they were just kind of creeping through that first set of whoops. Really, all the way down the right side, there was a rut, and some of the, they were they were jumping through them or taking their time for the most part. I think Christian Craig was one of the guys blitzing them, but um, yeah, it was it was just not what I expected. You know, I, I was lucky enough to be there, and all all in all, it was a hell of a great experience. Um, I thought the racing was great. You know, two fifty heat number one. My boy Michael Moseman right off the bat crashes. Has to go to LCQ, but we have Justin Cooper winning, um, diving into the corner and not really taking Austin Forkner out, TJ, but it no. was aggressive for a first lap, first heat race of the year. Probably wasn't necessary, but at the same time, Austin didn't have to crash. He kind of leaned into it. I think he expected maybe more of a hit. Yeah, exactly. That's what, that's what I was going to say is it looked like he was bracing for the hit that actually didn't happen. Yeah, and then he got off balance. And he got off balance, but hey, great racing. If that's what we're going to see all year in the 250 class for the West Coast, I mean, how can you not be excited? Right, and Kurt, uh, do you, do you, uh, what do you think about Justin Cooper and Austin Forkner uh, as far as are, are they going to ever be best buddies? Uh, I don't know about that. To be honest, I don't know if anyone's going to be best buddies with Forkner. Uh, <laughs> I've seen him time and time again in, in practice do way worse than what Cooper did to him to just innocent lappers, you know, or guys just trying to, you know, get that fast lap in. So, yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel like some people don't really like Forkner, you know, some other riders and stuff like that. So, yeah, I wouldn't expect them to be best buddies, that's for sure. Yeah, he, he seems to be getting a little bit of a bad rep, um, and he kind of made some comments on, I think, his Instagram. Maybe it was on Twitter, one or the other. I can't remember. Just about, you know, he owned up to making the mistake – uh, that he did in the main and you know he he you know he said he did wrong it was his fault and then he still kind of got bashed for like complaining and whining <laughs> it's like at yeah. this point I, I don't know that austin can do anything right um people you know he's gonna have to his personality's gonna have to change a little bit i think for people to really accept him and not give him a hard time uh you know heat two for the 250s ferrandis Pretty look, looking pretty damn dominant. I, I still think it's probably going to be his championship. And but Christian Craig, Kurt, man, was looking damn good. Um, I'm excited. I, I feel like Christian may be back. Christian always looks damn good. He has the best riding style out of anyone. He kind of took it over from Kevin Windham. Uh, to your point about Fernandez, I think he is the top guy for the West Coast. But the thing that's going to be the biggest struggle for him is starts because yes. even last year I thought he struggled quite a bit with starts, and you even saw that in the outdoors. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He started getting better there towards the end of the outdoors. Um, but, you know, in, in the heat race, I think he had a pretty decent start. But in the main event, definitely sure. put himself behind the eight ball and had to pass a lot of guys and still got his butt up there. Um, TJ, 
I mean, David Villeman. So, Ferrandis comes from fairly far back to get on the podium, and then after the race, David Villeman says he rode like shit. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, I didn't see, I, I did not see him riding like crap. But no. the start does probably make him ride out of his comfort zone, trying to push up front because their season is a lot shorter. Well, yeah. So you can't afford to like where like Tomac getting the seventh or whatever. You can't afford to do that in the two fifty class because the the they're so there's half the races they get. So a seventh place could set you back and keep you out of the championship. Right. And Kurt, before we uh we f- move on to the 450 heat races and um what were you most excited about going into A1? Uh just I guess being, you know, Brandis and Forkner, I think those two guys coming in, I think everyone thought those guys were going to battle it out. Uh, so just to see them push each other to the next level, and I guess now you got to include Justin Cooper in that. But um, obviously with Sexton going out, it kind of narrowed it down, but it seemed like a lot of the heavy hitters were on the West. So just watching them duke it out is what I was really excited for. Yeah, and I think we're going to see that. I mean, I, I don't think um, – I think those three guys in particular are just going to be very, very consistently in the top three almost every race. And hopefully – Nobody is just going to run away. Like last year, you know, Fortner just kind of ran away most of the time. And uh, hopefully that's not going to happen this year, TJ. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I like you had asked him what he looked forward to. I honestly, during the offseason and coming into it, was paying so much attention to the 450 class. I didn't think about the 250 oh, class. Oh, really? But so that made Cooper really like jump out. I was really surprised. Like that kind of caught me off guard, him just being up front that quick and in the heat race and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, Oh, this kid's serious. I mean, you yeah, know, you know I what I'm saying? saying? It kind of caught me off guard. Yeah, because last year he he was a step off of Austin most of the time. Yeah. So I can see that. Yeah, he's he's definitely stepped up. He's matured a little bit. Um, all right, so 450 heat race one. Dude, Brayton, Brayton was killing it all weekend. In front of the 94, uh, you know, Kenny in heat one, he was in front of him in the main. Um, I don't know if stepping up to that factory Honda makes that much difference. Or just Brighton being like he kept saying in the middle of his season, basically, Kurt. I don't know, or you know, hopefully Brighton's going to be there all year. But I was extremely impressed. Yeah, I think um, you know him doing the whole off season, obviously riding Honda in the off season, off season as well, helps him out. Just you know, getting that first race jitter. He probably, his setup was probably on point. Um, you know, just because he's been pretty much testing all summer. You yeah. know, while he's racing. So I think just. It's not really like the first race for him as where it is for everyone else. So I think that just kind of gives him the advantage there. Yeah, and uh, TJ, one of the guys in Heat 1, lots and lots of publicity going into this weekend. Uh, Chad Reed's 250th start, his final full season for sure, maybe his final season ever. He, uh, you know, Who knows if he'll come back and do one-offs here and there. But a uh, huge deal in opening ceremonies. Um, damn – didn't make it into the main, I went know. to the LCQ. I thought he looked pretty crappy. I mean, I didn't think he looked uh, – well, let me rephrase that. All these guys look good. They're pros. Right. Did not look like what I thought Chad Reed was going to look like. Well, you got to see a lot more of him than we did on yeah, TV yeah, because yeah. I know you haven't got to watch it all back yet, but he just – No, went, I did. I was just re-watching okay. the heats right before He this. was just not existent on the TV show. They talked about him on the line with his 250th start, yeah. and that was about it. Uh, Kurt, did you expect really much out of Chad this weekend? Not really. I mean, okay. I know he his program was super late getting in, kind of like two years ago when he was on the Husky. 
Yeah. Um, we kind of saw the same thing, him, like, having to go to LCQ and stuff. So this is pretty much what I expected. Like, like what TJ was saying, they never showed him in the main. They never showed him in the heat. So it's kind of hard to see how he was doing. Uh, but I, I kind of expected this to happen. Yeah, I didn't – I just – watching him live, I didn't – he just didn't look like I thought he would. Not even so much – Okay, his, his program came together late. He's not in the best of shape. Just didn't feel like he was as smooth as. Did you talk as, to him? I did not. Okay. Well, first did. of all, it was almost impossible to get to him most of the weekend. Yeah. The place was crazy. I helped most of the pits. This was one of the most chaotic um, races I've been to, where like all the pits were just insane. Uh, you know, Martin Davalos's pit over there at Tedder was like. It looked like half the stadium was under the, that canopy. Yeah. It was, and then uh, Geico, all the teams were just. It was difficult to get in guys to do interviews. It was a lot going on. Now I have a question. Just kind of getting a little bit off of this. You, uh-huh. you talk about the stadium and the, how crazy it was there from the TV. Like everybody there watching, looked like the stadium was empty. Like no. it was a turnout was terrible. Is what it looked like on the TV because the stadium seats. Maybe the way the cameras were angled or whatever, we everybody was compl- uh, commenting like, uh, uh, like the, the the twelve people that were there were enjoying watching the. No, race. it was an official sellout. No, it wasn't. And most there was, there was some, no there was th- nobody up top. There was you no know, the the up top was almost full. There, I mean, where I was sitting, there weren't that many empty seats. Oh, okay, but it well, was an official sellout. Ah, there you whatever go. that means. There's a percentage. I don't know how they figure that, but um. I mean, not every seat was full, but like, yeah, most of the seats were full okay. that I could see. It just on TV, didn't it? Didn't portray yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah, it was it was packed. I mean, the pits were packed. You guys haven't been obviously this year, the first right. race, but um, Feld has redone their fan zone experience, like the Monster Cup thing was. Yeah, I guess they showed yep. some of it on TV. I kind of skipped through that, but mm-hmm. there is like what I'm I keep calling the blue carpet, where instead of the bikes leaving out the back of the pit area yep. and going around and nobody's seen them. They ride right down the middle. There's this blue carpet and railing, and you can stand there and high five them. And yeah, Sean and I talked about that at the Monster Cup. Okay, yeah, said, yeah, yeah. And he said that he was that that was coming this year. And from the little deal they did there, I bet you that is really awesome. I bet people the really fans like that. really really dug it. When I would walk by, there were there was always people lined up cheering and screaming. Fell did a pretty damn good job with that. The good casual job. fans really liked that. Um, I don't know how much the riders love it because they got to do you know yeah. But it was it was pretty cool. Um, okay, so heat two, uh, we got Cooper Webb and AC um, Feld or whoever Kurt is really really trying to make a big deal out of this rivalry that Adam Cien Cirillo says doesn't really exist. Uh, he commented on the press conference that you know back in the day in their amateur days, yeah, there were some issues and that Cooper probably got the raw end of the deal a little bit. Um, but there's no issues. They brought up in the press conference my question that I asked of Cooper Webb at Vegas last year. Mm-hmm. Then they actually played it on the the TV program a little bit. Yeah. They're really trying to make something out of this rivalry. And just for anybody listening, and I, I've got to talk to Adam about this and Cooper about this, that like they're almost making it like, well, my question in particular was geared at Put, like when I asked that question, like I was trying to discuss the rivalry. Yeah. And if anybody yeah. listened to the entire question last year, it had nothing to do with the rivalry. I wasn't even considering the fact that there had been a past rival. I don't know if right. you guys remember the question, but no, the, I don't. the actual question. Um, so Cooper had just won the championship. Adam had just thrown away a championship. Right, right. And I asked Cooper, I said, man, when you're sitting there on the line, 
and you're watching the 250 main event, and Adam's in the, basically the same position you are. Right, right. Top five or six or whatever, you're going to win a championship. Right. You know, and you have to decide, am I going to push hard, or am I going to play it safe? And you see Adam crash and throw it away. Does that change your mentality? Right. Nothing to do with the rivalry. I didn't even, like, I've forgotten almost at that moment. You know, that was the question. But now they're kind of using it as if, and Adam even said something about, like, basically I was, like, that question was meant to bring up the the issue and why would somebody do that? You know, he, you know, he doesn't want to yeah. hear about me. Anyway, so anybody listening, it wasn't, my question didn't, wasn't, directed that way but they played it that way yeah they're playing it that they way put the spin on it you know and at the very least i wish they had mentioned the show <laughs> oh that'd be great on tv but anyway i don't know that there really is a rivalry kurt um yet it may come but i don't i know adam doesn't want to deal with that right now yeah i mean first off obviously felt it's a show let's be honest it's a show they want to have as much like drama or yeah, yeah. controversy or whatever you want to call it as they can um, I think the rivalry's coming back, though, because I think what you saw from Adam, obviously Cooper's going to be up front. They're going to be battling quite a bit, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some bad blood throughout the season between them two. Yeah, and, it, and like you say, it may come, but it's not there right now. Adam's trying to avoid no. it. Cooper's just kind of, when, when this conversation was going on at the press conference on Friday and the post-race press conference, he's just kind of he just grins a little bit. He doesn't. He's not allowing himself to get into it as of yet. Yeah. But I, I I don't I guess it bothers me a little bit because the last couple of times I've talked to Adam Cincerello, whether it be I think Millville and somewhere else and then at, at Anaheim, he was very, very short with me. And that's not Adam's style. That's not how yeah. we know Adam. Yeah. And I get the feeling he's irritated with me, but I have no idea why. Yeah. Other than that, right? So I grabbed Vanessa with, from Kawasaki on the way out of Friday's press conference, and we're walking back to the pits. I said, hey, I really feel like Adam has an issue with me. And she's like, really? You know? And I said, well, I kind of said, well, you know, I asked him that question at Denver, yeah. which was, I heard you sign your 2450 deal early. Right. Do you want to comment on it? And then I asked this question at Vegas, right. and he clearly knows I was the one that asked it. And she kind of went, oh, well, maybe... And she said, well, I know that's not how you are. You know, I know you're like one of our guys, Kawasaki, because yeah. that she trusts me. And she said she would have a talk with him. Because I was like, look, I don't want him to have a bad vibe with me because then I won't be able to get any content. And I'm certainly, I'm not a guy that's trying to push buttons and start shit. I did tell her, I said, look, I don't want to go to the press conference and say, how was your bike tonight? How was the track? I yeah. want to get better, better questions than that. So hopefully that'll get worked out because... It was kind. Of, it was bothering me when people were texting me that they had played the question on the race. Right in the in the the little segment, I was kind of like, F right. Well, or, oh, sorry. Hey, I, I just co cussed, and the, you didn't listen last night or last week, or maybe the week before. But we had a a uh, listener who listens with his kids. Oh, and says I cuss too much, and I apologize. So just write the time down. Yeah, and you start. Yeah, you can start. You know what? It out. You think I? Okay, I may go back and edit that out. If I forget to edit that out, I apologize. So, <laughs> anyway, so they, I don't, I didn't feel good about them using that in the way right. they used it. Well, and also you talk about the rivalry between the two. AC and his personality probably moved on from it, but somebody in one of the review pods, or I heard somebody say that um, Webb didn't get the surgery to remove that chip from his shoulder, and so. <laughs> he, 
<laughs> it's like the best line ever, right? Be, because like he didn't. I mean, he that's the kind of person. That's what he feeds on. Yes. So he may need that. And I've raced against guys that had to hate you to be able to race you. And I think maybe Webb may be one of those guys. Cooper Webb is one of the guys that has to have that chip on his shoulder to oh, I motivate agree with that. himself. So he probably does still, and he did get, and who a lot of us followed the amateur stuff with him, and he was like, he was schooled in the amateur the way that Ryan Villapoto was schooled by Alessi back in. I mean, it was literally that big of a deal. And then now, look what's going on. I'm so. I guarantee you he has a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right about that. Uh Kurt, any uh any uh, any thoughts more thoughts on that particular topic? No, like like TJ was saying, I mean, when you get beat pretty much every big race of your amateur career by the same dude, <laughs> you're gonna hate him. <laughs> and I I agree, like Cooper Webb has an attitude where he's gotta get pissed. He's gotta hate some hate his competitors, at least while he's on track, you know, just right. to beat them and and that's how he gets ahead. So just like kind of going off what TJ and you were saying, um, that chip on his shoulder is still there. And, yeah, the rivalry might not be there right now, but it's coming, I think. I, I agree. Um, okay, so a couple more highlights of that second heat was uh, Zacho's crash was pretty gnarly. A, a number of guys drifted to the right through those sections and had some, some scary moments. There's a couple sections there where they were drifting to the right and that was happening. Uh, and just the fact that Barsha was on fire all day, they mentioned a lot, uh, listen to Pulp and listen to some of the other uh, the review pods and stuff, that Barsha changed the bike. It's more designed to his style now. He he basically flat out said last year at the press conference, he said last year they wouldn't allow me to do any of these things. New guy, new new people in at Yamaha yeah. allowing him to change some things, make the bike the way he wants it. He's now revving the sh- crap out of the bike. Is it noticeable when oh, you're yeah. in the stadium? Dude, I, here's my point. It was noticeable in the pits. He was walking through, riding through the pits like they do coming yeah. back from practice, and there's so many people, and he's just like, ah, as he's going through the pits, and I got to edit that. Look how loud that was. Yeah. <laughs> but he was rev limiter going through the pits, getting wow. people to move, and then on the track, yeah, every time he was in the air, he just heard that thing hitting the rev limiter, and um, it was awesome. <laughs> Kurt, what thoughts on Barsha? Kurt. Yeah, so like I said, I had a... I checked the Instagram, so I, I knew he won before I watched it. It, it didn't really surprise me because it seems like he's always so good at A1. Yeah. Um, I know he talked talked about, like, the bike's more stock than it's ever been. He can rev the piss out of it. Uh, I'll uh, I'll buy into that. Talk to me after round four, and I'll buy into that because he kind of said the same thing last year. True. The bike was working great parts and stuff. So, um but yeah, he was on fire all day. He just he looked so good and comfortable. Like he was kind of him and AC, him more than AC. But like he was the only one that was really attacking the track in the main. You know, exactly. He just yeah, looked yeah. really comfortable. Yeah, looked so comfortable. All right, before we uh, get to these main events, we'll talk about the main events uh, real quick, and then get to our guests here shortly. We do have a giveaway this week uh, or this month. So if you guys want to win a fly podium stand, all you got to do is go on Instagram. We want you to. Post a pic of who you think is going to win St. Louis 450 main event. Um, post a pic, tag the Moto X Pod show, tag at Fly Racing, and we'll, you know, if you get it right, if a number of people get it right, we'll put you in a drawing and pick a winner. If nobody gets it right, we'll just pick a random winner. But that's, how's that sound, TJ? Sounds good to me. Um, I do not have one of these Fly podium stands, but they're pretty cool. Well, it sounds like I'm going to be trying to win one, so I'll tell you how it is. You say this every week, oh. you are not eligible. 
I'm dang. Kurt. Kurt can be eligible. <laughs> no, he's on the show now. Like he's he he's giving commentary now for the show. So nope. Uh, not officially. He he's uh, eligible. Okay. Dang it. You're just the one that's. You know what? Kurt probably gets more damn input or more info than you do because you're never here. That's true. That's a good hey, point. He's just been on tonight. He's been on point all night. I'm always on point, he, bro. Yeah, I had to give him notes. He's using the notes I gave. He didn't <laughs> no even watch, he doesn't even watch racing. You're such a... <laughs> so anyhow, they um talk about the main events, the two fifties. I'm getting to it, dude. Let's go. All right, go ahead. What no, you, what, I'm what just you saying, got? like what no. you like you're you're in charge here. You're steering no, yeah, the ship. Do your thing, man. Okay, so what was your biggest surprise in the two fifty? Like 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 things that caught you away could be good or bad in the two fifty main event. From watching the heat races, what caught you off guard or was a surprise? I don't know that I was really surprised by anything in that main event with those guys because, well, Christian, I don't, I didn't know if Christian was going to be as good as he was. Like he looked really, really fast in the whoops. Yeah, but you uh, saw that in the heat races. Oh, I just thought you meant. No, I'm talking about from from the heats to the main. Oh, yeah, no, nothing stands out that imp- uh, other than Moseman. Being yeah. a lot better, but Moseman had crashed, so he was coming from the back. And I was a little worried about him, but yeah, I don't know that anything was just like, oh my god, that surprised me. I, so, anything nothing. for you, Kurt? Um, well, I guess kind of not from heat to main, but like Arch was saying, Craig was good, especially like the ruddier stuff, mm-hmm. which was kind of surprised me. But yeah, no one's really talked about it. But I thought Derek Drake did pretty damn good because. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was, like, the top dog on that TLD team. Like, I know Pierce Brown's got some serious – I think he has the more supercross skills. Derek Drake finished right behind Brandon Hartramp. He beat Jet Lawrence. He beat Amar. I know they had their issues with the food poisoning, and uh, Amar went down. But yeah. Derek Drake was really good for his first ever supercross. Yeah, I totally agree. He's actually going to be on later tonight. Um, and I, I was definitely looking forward to talking to him about that because you're, you're right. He – I, I kind of had this feeling that he would be like he was at the national that he went to is maybe be up front for a little bit and then drop back. Um, but he was pretty damn consistent and I th- he did better than I expected. So yeah, maybe I'm going to steal Kurt's answer. Derek Drake surprised me. I think I was surprised <laughs> by Ferrandis coming through the pack the way he did. No, really? he's fast. Yeah. I mean, but with such a bad start, the heat races, that's what he always does. I'm just, I was still surprised because there's, because the field is, pretty deep in the 250s you know what i mean as far as the when you get into the top five guys i just didn't expect him to be once i saw a bad start i'm like oh that's gonna be fifth or sixth place or yeah. whatever but to get on the podium was like i was actually surprised okay well let's talk about the 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 big uh drama with forkner mm-hmm. you know and his off tr- or cutting the track right so i watched it over and over after i got home or I say over and over, probably two or three times. Um, saw it live, and it looked crazy. Like, I don't know why he would do that. Didn't even look. Yeah, that's the point I was about to make. So in the press conference, he says, and he's right about this, well, I was in a bad spot. You couldn't see anybody who was coming, but there was people tripling in or depending on the rhythm, doubling in, whatever. And he said he didn't want to take a chance to turn around and, and get hit. That's a fair, fair point where he was. But when you watch it on video, it doesn't look like he ever took a look. Never. Whatsoever. He just went for it. Um, no, I feel like the penalty. To get back on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so Kurt, do you feel like the penalty was justified, or do you feel like it was fair? 
yeah, I, I think it's fair. The first time I saw it, like when I was watching it for the first time, I was like, oh, I get it. Like he didn't want to turn around on the track and all that stuff. But I just watched it again uh, before I got on the phone here and he didn't even look to get back on the track. He just went straight off. He could have easily rode on the side. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I think the two position is good for that. Um, one, because, yeah, he would have lost that position of Ferrandis anyway. Right. And then I think just from blatantly cutting the track, you got to get docked something because you can't, like, I don't know. It just didn't seem like he even made an effort to try and get back in the right spot. That's what I felt. What? Yeah, they and also this is a good time for them to kind of set a precedent to say, hey, you yeah. cut the track and you do something blatant like that, you're going to get penalized. Plus, if you remember during the outdoors, AC in in a way cut without the track, cut the track, whatever. All all he would have had to do is make sure he looks, and then when Fernandez comes by, hold his hand up. We all ride, we all race, we all kind of know what that means. Is hey, I can't get back on safely where I was. I'm going to let him go, and then I'm going to rejoin. Yeah. Something to say, hey, I'm slowing down, and he probably wouldn't have got penalized. Yep, I agree. I agree. I think everybody's on the same. I think everybody agrees with it other than maybe Austin. Even Austin said, well, you know, something should have happened, but maybe not two spots. But uh, And then congrats to Justin Cooper winning his first race. Let's get to yep. the 450 main real quick um, where we wrap this thing up. We've already talked about Barsha. Uh, I thought Barsha looked fantastic. I know Barsha won last year in weird circumstances with the mud, but I feel like he absolutely earned it this this year. Like, yeah, was definitely the best rider in the field. Um, mm. Well, if you disagree, who was a- AC was 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 better than him? No, Barsha was gaining no on him. I just think he was. I just think he just. I just. I mean, from before he made the mistake, where he, he wasn't gain. He was not gaining on Barsha. Right. And then when Barsha got out front, or Barsha made a mistake, he caught right back up. Even right. though I know AC made the mistake that made the pass happen, Barsha was going to catch him. Yeah, he but, was Barsha had, but Barsha had caught up to him a little bit before, and then and then AC dropped him. I mean, okay. I guarantee you AC was like, I'm not going to push the edge. I'm yeah. just going to do my laps. I don't think Barsha would have got around him. Okay, I disagree. But what about you, Kurt? Yeah, I have to disagree disagree with you on that one tj barsha just looked like ac when he got in the lead he was kind of trying to settle in it looked like when barsha was just attacking yeah the whole time but i honestly think them two were so far out of anyone else because it's a1 the track was gnarly and it seemed like a lot of guys were like okay i'm in fourth like if you're back i'm in fourth or anderson i'm in fifth i'm just going to settle in take my points and not get hurt because this track is super gnarly so yeah. obviously those two were pushing for for the win and for the lead so they kind of stood out over everyone else, but uh, that's just my thoughts on it. Okay. Now, TJ, if you ask your question from the 250s of the 450s, yeah, I've got two or three things that stand out. Okay, what stands out? So, to me, Jason Anderson was average. I thought he'd be better. Yeah. Eli and Kenny were disappointing from what we expect of them, and Blake Baggett was pretty Ex- damn good. Well, we expect him to be pretty damn good. You, I know he's like your favorite, and I like the guy too. But I didn't expect him to be better than Kenny and Eli. Yeah, and I was really confused about that whole Kenny thing because he come out later saying, "Oh, we were too stiff," and this yeah, and that. Yeah, that makes absolutely no <laughs> sense. That's factory Honda. Went during he rode press day, he rode practice, all those practices. He rode his heat races. At some point in time, he could have said, "Hey guys, oh, this bike feels a little stiff. Can we do something about that?" Because it's factory Honda; they right. could fix it. 
And yeah. so the fact that he, if if that really is what happened, and the bike was too stiff and it caused issues, that's a hundred percent on him. And he should just be like, well, I set my bike up wrong, or I mean, take the and I didn't tell. So I don't know because in a way, I feel like he's throwing the bike a little bit under the bus when it's factory Honda. I guarantee you, they have suspension in that truck that's softer. Okay, Kurt. I, uh, I want to, like, the whole Blake Baggett thing, like, I think pretty damn good stretching it. I mean, he still got beat by 15 seconds. He, he won a race last year. He got multiple podiums. Uh, he, Cooper Webb was, couldn't even talk in the pre-race. I, Baggett was good, and I know he doesn't normally do good at A1, but I would kind of would have thought he would have made the move on Webb. Um, another guy that was disappointing to me was Brayton because he looked like he got tired, and that's super unlike J.D., yeah, yeah, he definitely dropped back. You're right. Um, so yeah, I, I like a lot of things were surprising. I think in this 450 race, uh, 450 main event, uh, I think it's going to take a couple more weeks for things to play out. Yeah, it, it, but I hope I hope not. Like I hope every race is like this. Every race is like <laughs> okay. There's so many things uh, I wasn't expecting. There were six winners last year. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So that'd be cool to have another at least at least that again. It'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. But I. I have. I always have high hopes going into Supercross. I always love the racing. I have very high hopes right now after A1. I wasn't disappointed. Like last year after A1, I was disappointed because it was a mutter and you just, whatever. Yeah. This year, like this race, I'm like, okay, there's a lot going on. Right. And AC looks good. And by the way, I don't know if this is really something I need to bring up on our show so much, but Steve Mathis is not allowed to change his opinion on AC winning the championship or winning races literally 30 minutes before the freaking main event or the, the races start. Not allowed, dude. You're, you're stuck. Yeah. At the 5 o'clock yeah. fly radio show out in the pits, he's been saying all for months, no AC's way. not going to win a race. Yep. He's like, yeah, AC's my guy. AC's going to win tonight. What? You No, you can't change your mind. Well, I had something wrong. planned. For the press conference, if AC won yeah. and he screwed it up by changing his pick, that's not allowed. I, I'm I'm calling an audible. <laughs> I don't know that anybody cares. Hey, anyway. One last thing, quick. Yeah, yeah. Another guy who surprised me, just real quick. Uh, Vince Freeze, top ten yep. or tenth, his best overall finish ever. He got ninth, I think, twice before when it wasn't stacked. I mean, right. He beat some good guys, man. Freeze is getting better every year. I just want to give him a shout out, man. That was a I thought that was a really good How ride does that today. happen? How does somebody like I mean, Vince been a good rider, but I mean him and even J B and all these guys are getting later in their careers and they seem and to improving. be improving. And that's yeah. that's pretty new because normally, I mean, you have a rider. I mean, even a couple of years back with Chad Reed was up front, like battling for a championship. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. it's definitely different times for for Supercross, Motocross, or whatever. So yeah, Kurt, you're right though. I, I had Freeze in my notes as staying up in the top four for a while, and yeah, he dropped back, but st- top ten, fantastic again. Like I said, hopefully that kind of stuff. He'll be racy like that all year. Yeah. yeah. Um. One last thing I want to talk about is, is when the Barsha AC pass happened. How about Barsha trying to jump back on the track and like straight almost blew he out AC and then he like last him. second he's like, oop, hung it left. Like I thought <laughs> like first of all, if you go back and make that pass, even if you don't kill him, 
No way are they allowing that. You were off the track. No. He was okay. He made a mistake and went off the track, and then he came back on and cut straight across the corner. But he did, but it doesn't matter. He stayed. I think in. that would have been a protest. I'm, I'm okay with that one. Really? I yeah. think I think he blacked out for a minute, and the old band <laughs> came back and oh, he's, him yeah. because that, yeah. He said that, I don't know, you guys must not have gotten through Pulp last night. He was on late on Pulp, and he actually said that, like, for a second, he, old Bam Bam was back, and he was going for it, and then he realized, oh, crap, I can't do that, basically. So it was <laughs> like a, a last-minute light switch went, oh, nope, can't do that. But, uh, well, Kurt, man, hey, I appreciate you coming on and uh, talking about A1 a little bit. Um, before we let you go, what's up with uh, Whiskey Throttle Radio? What you got coming up? Yeah, Whiskey Throttle Radio, um, trying to do it every week now that the season started back up. Uh, trying to do, a, you know, usually do a privateer interview and then a little bit of race, you know, analysis. Mm-hmm. Also want to shout out, I uh, took over the app, the Moto Hub. Oh, okay. We have, a fantasy super, we have a fantasy Supercross League, just $5, weekly prizes. This week we gave away a Blake Baggett jersey, so uh, head on over to the Moto Hub and check that out as well. Yeah, see, TJ could have you could have signed up for that, and you might have won a Blake Baggett. No, jersey. I am I'm out on fantasy. I I paid my money to play, and then I think I got like twelve thousand four hundred eightieth place this last weekend, nice. and I actually yeah. tried. Yeah, it was this terrible. was a, this was a hard week. I did so the bad. Handicaps were it's so. Un, I don't even want to talk hard. about it. I'm done. Yeah. All right. Well, Kurt, man, um, appreciate it. Uh, really like like it when you come on and enjoy your your input and. I uh, hope the the Whiskey Throttle Radio keeps kicking butt. Awesome, man. Well, thank you guys again, and uh, hopefully we'll see you at a race here sometime. All right, Kurt, man. Take care. We'll talk to you real soon. See ya. All right, see ya. Everybody, like I said, that's Kurt Lucas, uh, Whiskey Throttle Radio. Go follow, yeah, go follow him on Instagram and Twitter. Give him a shout-out. You know, Tell me you like his stuff. Check it out. Anyway, um, again, the... Fly podium stand is up for grabs. We'll give you, well, I guess with this this week is uh, it's only a week. Usually I give everybody two weeks to try to get in their picks, but you got to have your picks in by Saturday evening, Saturday afternoon. Get your Instagram post up so that we can put all your entries into a pool and pick a winner. Uh, again, pick post a pick of your your choice to win the 450 main. Tag the Moto X Pod Show. Tag Fly Racing. And we'll we'll pick a winner. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be back with Daniel Castlew. Hey, Dad. Great race. Not sure how you could even see. Thanks, bud. Track conditions were pretty brutal. But thanks to my X-Brand goggles, I had hashtag clear vision all the way. X-Brand goggles has grown into the goggle choice of many of the top privateers, such as Ben LeMay, John Short, Alex Ray, Kyle Chisholm, as well as 2017 Works and Hare and Hound champion Gary Sutherland. Hey, guys, this is Gary Sutherland. 2017 works in Heron Hound Champion, and I trust X Brand. My name is Ben LeMay, and I choose X Brand Goggle. Hi, I'm Andy Kiefer, and whenever I want to be best dressed, I wear X Brand Goggles. Hey guys, this is Kyle Chisholm, and for almost a decade in my professional racing career, I've chosen X Brand as my goggles. Now, X Brand Goggles is joining the Moto X Pod Show for 2020 with their EKS, S, and Flat Out Series goggles. Go to eksbrand.com or email darksidemx3 at aol.com for pricing. What's up, guys? This is Alex motherfucking Ray. And if you don't use X-Brand, then f*** you. 
What's up, guys? This is the Seven Juice Trade out of Intercom. I'm here to tell you about Aturbis USA. For decades, Aturbis has been the leader in motorcycle plastic and accessories like full plastic kits, frame guards, chain sliders, hand guards. In 2020, they are the proud sponsors of Red Bull, Factory KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and Rocky Mountain KTM, as well as many top privateers such as myself. All you got to do is go to AturbeastUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440, and y'all better tell them Motorized Pajo sent you. All right, so uh, we got Tyler Bowers on the phone, and we were talking about kids, so we're just kind of jumping into a little... Yeah, just little a little summer. rant because so Ty- Tyler's doing what, like, even my kids, but with my grandkids now, they're they're so blessed, in my opinion, to be able to have, like, YouTube and, and things that kids actually want to watch instead of having to be stuck watching NCIS with the parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Tyler, you were yeah. just saying uh, before we started recording that you, uh, your kid, you, you got, like, a little timer for YouTube or something when you ju- said you had to jump in the shower, that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, like, we try not to use it too much. Like, I want it yeah. to be pretty active and stuff. But sure. I mean, as you know, it's it's hard to stay away from it nowadays. And it, we have that like the iPad with that YouTube app, and you can put like a little timer on it. Yeah. So if you need to like, if you need to like do something, like I mean, even the other day I did like I had to do like an hour long workout in the garage. Brady was gone, and I was like, oh, I gotta I gotta get this done. So like <laughs> Max was chilled in the garage with me, and like she would play for a bit, and then I just set like a ten minute timer on the app and. She actually like vegged out on the app for like ten minutes while I did you know my squats and stuff. So, and and how old is she now? Gosh, she's two in like two months now. Yeah. yeah. So was... so I understand that because my granddaughter that's about the same age she is, and I cannot imagine doing the things that you have to go through as far as training <laughs> and bikes and all this kind of stuff yeah. as a parent. And I mean, because you hear about some of these the the factory riders, yeah, they have to deal with parenting and all that kind of stuff, but most of their bike stuff and all that, that's 100% taken care of. <laughs> yeah. How, yeah. Do you, how, yeah. how does a normal day for a Tyler Bowers look? Uh, there's no normal days. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, I mean, as you know, as like a parent now, there's no normal days. But then, you know, like you plan on doing things and like you kind of got to play it by ear. You know, you, you got to do it, get all your training in as much as you can. But I think having a kid has helped me a lot too with like oh, taking, taking the pressure off where we were talking the uh, – uh, I can't remember who I was talking with at Anaheim about it um, with, but it was, you know, like before you used to think if you didn't do every lap to a T exactly like your training program, then when you got to Anaheim, you were going to be out of shape. Right. And like, I, I tell you like this, this year I came into Anaheim as unprepared as I think I have <laughs> ever been. And, and I like, honestly, like my, the main event, I was like, Oh, like it's, it's over. Like, you know, yeah. it's it, because I didn't put the pressure on myself where it was like, it, everything didn't go perfect before and you just kind of get there with no expectations and stuff. But like having, having Maxwell has helped me like with that, you know, like to, to realize how well you still can function on like zero sleep at night, you know, like as you know, <laughs> the first six months or something. And then, yeah. um, you know, like trying to, trying to do the things I need to do to run, you know, my team order parts and like work on some bikes here and there, you know, I, I get a lot of people that help me, um, you know, friends of mine and I got a practice mechanic now and, and, uh, Chaz from trigger racing is a race mechanic. So, um, that helps a lot, but it's still, you know, like it's it's basically Chaz and I that like run the team, for yeah. like our own team managers and and also drivers at times. You know, like for the west the west coast rounds, I'll be driving the boxman all the races, doing all that. So it's hard to 
split, you know, like parenting time and while you're ordering parts and then doing inventory. It's like last or over the summer, at least, like we were stacking clutch plates. Max and I were sitting on the couch watching cartoons and, and we were taking, you know, each clutch plate out of the wrapper individually. And yeah. We'd put them in. She would help me stack them. You know what I mean? At a, right. at a year and a half old. Right. That's so, awesome. Uh, you, you, yeah, you kind of just figure it out. So what you're saying is when she's keeping you up at night, she's training you to be awake and alert for Supercross. <laughs> yeah. I think I think Josh Josh Grant said it well one time. Um I, I won't exactly say exactly what he said it was about or who it said it was about, but he said he told me he's like, Yeah, they, they teach me to suffer. Like I, I can so like when I get to the races, if I like at the end of the moto, like and I'm suffering, like it's it's not that big of a deal because I suffer, you know, daily anyway. So um, you know, like I, I love I, I love my daughter, but exactly like you know when you're late up, late at night or like you're trying to rock her and your your biceps cramping or something and you're just like oh I cannot hold this baby any longer. Yeah. You know you, you 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 that's your suffering. You know so at yeah. the end of the main event you're getting tired and you think you can't do anymore. You totally can. That's funny. Like you, you used to cur- you used to suffer. Your biceps were suffering from doing curls. Now they're suffering <laughs> yeah. from holding a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm actually getting bummed because she's so mobile now, being right. you know, almost two, two and a half. That like now, like I was pretty pumped on the arm definition I was getting when she was little because <laughs> I I just like I'd carry her around like a football, you know, yeah, yeah, hold her, in, you know, a cradle or like that, and I'd carry her everywhere. But now I'm starting to lose, you know, the, the definition of my arms because I don't have to carry her everywhere anymore. Yeah, I think it was it, maybe it was Dallas last year or the year before, or maybe the year before where we saw you and you were holding her, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, just it's gonna it's gonna go fast. It's gonna go really yeah, fast. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think it was yeah Dallas like two years ago. I yeah, yeah. She I was, was yeah, the, she was newborn. Yeah, in the van. Yeah, yep, was, that was, was it. Giving her milk in the van or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brady had to get in the van to get something out. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I told you, man. It's going to go fast, and there's going to be boys before you know it. And yeah, yeah. So, but it's interesting though. You know, we started this conversation about YouTube. You know, right? I mean, and it's there's so many things to occupy their time now, and the fact that a two year old already is watching youtube and kind of will like it's just changed so much i mean there's so much out there um technology wise and different than when we were kids and you said you use a timer stuff but how do you have any plans on how you're gonna maybe combat the kids now being wanting to just be inside and on their devices all the time we're definitely not hanging out inside i'm I'm an outdoor i mean i think you just have to kind of lead by example as much as you can too and um, like, you know, and I've thought about that, you know, like career after racing, of course, mm-hmm. you know, it's something that's always on the back of my mind and maybe, you know, coming up sooner than maybe I anticipate. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like I've, I've thought about, I'm like, I can't, I can't do the office thing. Like I, I, I maybe it might suck, but I'm, I'm a grunt. Like I gotta, I gotta be out in the field working in some sense. You know, I gotta be using my body and, and sweating and being in the sun and whatever. So I think for me is like, you know, like we, we take her to the track and stuff like that and she right. plays in the dirt, like you know, does all that. So I think you just got to kind of lead by example. And now like we got, she's big enough. Now we got kind of the trailer, um, for the bicycle. So like we, when I go pedaling around, she you know, hops in the trailer and we go places sometimes. And then, you know, eventually that's going to turn into her wanting to ride a bicycle by herself. You know Absolutely. what I mean? And then I think you just gotta, you just gotta kind of do it. You gotta do things with them. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, I think I, I think my first the first birthday for my granddaughter I bought her a Strider bike which was way too early. Yeah. But I'm like, <laughs> That's exactly, I did the same thing. Same yeah, thing I got I got her the yeah, one that work. had like the rocking base so she can use it like a rocking oh, yeah. horse until she yeah, uses cool. it. So I'm thinking this summer I'm going to be putting the granddaughter on there. But that is awesome. Well, you were talking about how 
having the kids teaches you to stu- suffer and stuff like that. How was this weekend for you, the way the track was and as as busy as it was and stuff? Uh, I was I was pumped on the track. Like they they built a supercross track this weekend, which was pretty strange for uh, Anaheim one. You, you know, normally it's it, in the last few years at least it's been pretty tame. I think last year was pretty technical as well, but the rain kind of made it uh, different. I mean, yeah. it was so technical, just in a different right. sense. Uh, but this this weekend, like I was really impressed with how they built the track. Like the both sets of whoops, there were two different sets of whoops. There was one like tall, short, like and length set, mm-hmm. and the other set was lot, maybe not as tall, but I mean there was a lot of them. Dude. Yes, there was. There was a long set of whoops there, yeah. And then um, um, and then the track in general was very technical. The berms, they had some big dish berms, which made for yeah. amazing racing. You could get a couple guys in the corner without having to worry about everybody hitting each other, and it was like. Dude, it was it was great. Like there was some, I think Tushier passed me in the LCQ and one of the burns, and it was like, like there was just so much room. Like yeah, he was yeah. able to turn down and like like he turned down early, like when he was behind me, and then like came across the jump in front. Like it was just it was cool. Like I was like this is sweet. Like it made for good racing. Um, for me, like uh, this weekend, like I said, I went in. There was a lot I was dealing with in the off season. I had an injury to one arm, and I got through that, and then. It's been raining in California like crazy, which everybody's been kind of having to deal with. And then just like anything, like, you know, everybody has to deal with stuff before the season. Everybody's like, oh, poor me. Um, so I just kind of came into it feeling not quite ready, and I had really low expectations. And um, I was pretty happy with the way I rode. I was I was actually a little bit impressed. Uh, went down in the, the heat race in the first turn with Pustner and Reed, and then I came through. I got 10th in that. Um, had to go to the LCQ and I hate those dang things. Like I'm really not into those races and, uh, <laughs> they're sketchy. Was able to capitalize. Yeah. Very sketchy. Pretty much has to get the whole shot, which seems to be something that I struggle with anyway. So, uh, um, but it was able to kind of come through and make a couple passes at the very end, like just kind of went for it and, uh, got in the transfer position, got in the main, in the main, me and the LCQ guys were all the way on the outside on the start where all of us came off like really far back and then kind of started chugging through. I passed him like 13th at one point and then heard some stuff on my bike that was scaring the hell out of me. Um, come to find out, I, well, I rolled for like a lap, let all the guys I just passed, I let them all back by, and then it didn't kill me, so I started riding hard again. Um, and then come to find out after the race, I broke the chain roller off. So, oh, uh, not, I, the, I it. not the worst thing in the world yeah. to happen. Yeah, so, yeah. So okay. yeah it's, it's not too bad, but I just, it was making a lot of noise. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Right. So you said yeah, yeah. you said coming through the LCQ like you hate that stuff. I'm really surprised with as much time as you spent in a in a arena cross that that actually even bothers you. Well, I, I try, even then I hated going to the LCQ. Well, no, no but I mean, just the type. I just meant I just meant the pressure, the guys going, being super aggressive, trying to kill each other for that last spot. <laughs> I'm really surprised that that even phases you. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I think I think just because in arena cross, like. The, the the races were you know nine minutes long or whatever, but there was still like sometimes when I first started racing arena cross, we did twenty five lap main event. You know they were they still were pretty long main events. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff that happened where in an LCQ and Supercross it was like four minutes I think is what yeah, we got four laps uh, or whatever. Like, yeah, it's 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 short, you know, and like there's not much you can that can happen in that really. Um, it, I mean being super aggressive is one thing, but like. If, if you if you get a horrible start, if you're 20th off the start in LCQ, and then you just can't, you know, you just can only pick out so many people to try to get into the qualifying position anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, before we go any further, I I got to give a shout out to one of our sponsors that brings you on. X-Brand Goggles has grown into the choice goggle 
For many of the top privateers, check out xbrand.com or hit up darksidemx3 at aol.com for info. I didn't do that in the beginning because we got right into the uh, fun stuff with the kids. But uh, anyway, X-Brand Goggles bringing you Tyler Bowers. Yeah. Um, so I want to ask you a few things about this weekend. Like like you brought up the LCQ already, and that was I, I was kind of worried you weren't going to get in. Like that, that last minute you kind of you hit the turbo boost, and I heard you tell Steve that you for some reason you thought the LCQs only took two, and then your, uh, your pit board said you need one more spot, and you realize, oh, shit, I still have a chance. Um, well, go ahead. Yeah, I, I – yeah, I want to. I want to like so. Like with that, don't get me wrong. I was still trying. It wasn't like I was yeah, in like yeah. sixth place, and I was like, "Oh, f it," you know, I'm not gonna make it. It was like I was trying, but I also wasn't trying to die. Uh, <laughs> when I really, I, like I noticed I wasn't making like much time up on the next guy, and I was like, "Okay, like, man, this sucks." Like, I maybe I'm not gonna make it. And then I saw my pit board. It said need one more. And then I was like, "All right," I picked it up a bit, like as much as I could. And then I saw an opportunity when Plessinger like. Went sideways. He went sideways in the mm-hmm. loop at one point, and when I saw that open up, I kind of like was willing to die for that. You know what I mean? I kind of, I was like, all right, like pin it. I was like, yeah. he might, he's sideways, and he might end up coming across, and we might collide and both go down, or I'm gonna get by him and I'm gonna get this qualifying position. Where if I would have thought it was still two guys, you know, like maybe I wouldn't have taken that chance. Sure, yeah, it makes because sense. I, yeah, so I, I took that chance, and uh, luckily we didn't collide or anything, and I got by him. But in also taking that chance, I was able to make up some ground on Cunningham as well. So I ended up getting him as well. So uh, it made it for an exciting LCQ. <laughs> yeah, it did. That was that was a good one. You know, I like Kyle; it's a good buddy of mine. I felt bad for him, but man, yeah. you you and AP, if like if you two hadn't made it in, that I don't. First of all, there was a lot of fast guys in that LCQ. So oh, yeah. you, when it started, I, I looked over. Chris Cooksey was sitting next to me. I was like, "Dude, I don't know if Reed's gonna make it because he didn't look right. very good in the heat rate or in the you know in the yeah in the heat." And I was just, I mean, what? How would that go? You know, everything's been made out so much about his 250th start, and what if he doesn't get in? But yeah. it worked out. <laughs> I was worried. About, I was worried about him more than anybody, really. Really? <laughs> Remember? Yeah, like two years ago, he was in almost like LC every LCQ there was. I know. He was like, it's kind of weird. I remember weird. him like qualifying pretty bad in practice, and then he would go to the LCQ and win it, and then somehow he, I remember he would like pass me for like tenth place in the main, and I'd be <laughs> yeah. like, "What? Like, what happened?" You know. So when yeah. I saw him down there, I was like, "Well, he's an LCQ master." Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a. It was definitely a good race, and I'm glad you made it in. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about the uh, this year Feld um, in their fan zone, the pit area. We were talking about this earlier. They put up that I'm calling it the blue carpet, basically, where you guys ride into the stadium. The fans can you know, high five you as you going by and they're yelling and screaming for you guys. I think that's pretty cool as a writer. How, how is that? You know, going into the stadium and having all his well, fans right a, there. He's a fan favorite. So he's getting a bunch of high yeah, fives. I would think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how to ride through there. I try to take both <laughs> hands off. I don't, I don't know if they, they really like me that much. Or I'm just like the only one that actually that goes through there and like, does like a lot of high fives. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm, I'm super into it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's super cool. I think it's um it's different. It's, it it was kind of hard. They did it at Monster Cup, and it was a little bit hard for us to get used to. They they used to just yell at us all the time about not taking the bike lane, right? And at Monster Cup, yeah, at Monster Cup, like in practice, we had to use the bike lane, and then at the night show, we had to go to that blue carpet thing, and it was kind of like it, I would go to the bike lane, and they'd yell at you and make you go all the way across the parking lot to the the blue carpet. So. It was, it was a bit of a pain, but this weekend, this weekend was pretty good doing it, and it's I think it's you know great for the fans and um, you know makes 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 them feel like you know more part of the show or like closer to the the racers and 
uh, this weekend, we even had to push it. I think right before the main event, we had to push the bikes through. Yep. Which, I mean, kind of wasn't awesome, but right. I, and I even think for the fans, it's cooler as we ride through. And, you know, the bikes are running and we can do the high five thing like that. Yeah, because, you know, you, I, I know you probably get frustrated, like, coming out of practice and the pits are at their fullest and you're trying to get through and you're tired and, you know, you're focused. Yeah. or and all, But all the fans are like, oh, crap, there's Tyler Bowers or, oh, crap, there's whoever. And they yeah. want to swarm you as you're trying to get to your pits. This kind of gives them a chance to, you know, see you go by and, and not bug you quite as much. There's more room. You're not going to get taken out by some kid with in a stroller. So yeah, yeah, I thought you know, it was... absolutely like coming, coming like you nailed it there. Actually, didn't think about that. Uh, coming off the track, usually we're in a really bad mood. Like yeah. even if it goes pretty well, you're like pretty <laughs> frustrated, and it's like, can't you guys hear these dirt bikes? Like we're coming through, you know. But like going onto the track, it's it's it, it's a pretty cool experience to be able to be that close with the fans. Like said, do the high five, say hi to everybody on the on the way, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when you come off the track, you're usually exhausted mentally and physically. You want to just get to the truck and cool down. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was neat, though. I thought it so. Um, the people listening, if you guys haven't, obviously, if you didn't make A1 and you get to Supercross near you, it's a pretty cool thing that Feld's doing. Um, I want to also ask you about Lose Your Illusion, the Guns N' Roses cover band this weekend. I yeah, thought that was cool, rad. Right? Was, that, uh, was that your idea, or did somebody, you know, in your camp kind of come up with that? Um, so, most of that was, you know, like the, the answer guys, you know, they they did the Pro Glow launch this weekend, um, yep. you know, the retro colorway they did for the Pro Glow gear, um, on the Trinity platform. And, uh, yeah, so that was just part of the whole retro theme that we were, we were vibing with this weekend. So, um, yeah, they, they, that was something they proposed to me and I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was super awesome. They're like, it's not going to bug you. I'm like, dude, I love GNR. So, yeah. um, yeah, I was, I was all about it, you know, like we had the 500 out there. You that know, was cool too. And, yeah. Kind of kept it kept it light light spirited around our pit yeah i was more concerned with like chiz who's next to you who's kind of a quiet guy <laughs> yeah. you know, and i was like oh, i wonder how yeah. chiz feels about that but i thought it was rad i asked him to play rocket queen and they're like heck yeah we'll play it so yeah they're playing it yeah yeah those they guys played, they played night train when i got back to the track from practice one time and i was i was so in i was like I right song. heck yeah yeah that was very cool i thought it was neat um and then the you, you mentioned the retro gear that Answer came out with. I, I was over there at the Answer dinner. Um, that was really cool. Was that how did you partner with Answer? And was the retro theme and the five hundred was that something you guys kind of did together, or did Answer come up with the retro theme and just make you a part of it? Well, so I, I think like so the the that that gear the Prolo gear. Yeah. Supposedly they told me that they they had it created like three years ago now, and they just needed like. They were just looking for the right time to release it, and oh, didn't okay. know when to do it, and so it's it's been available or it's been ready for a while now, and they just couldn't find the right reason to kind of put it out there. And um, we, we started talking this year. I was at the end of my contract at seven, um, and, and and you know seven's a little bit more uh, modern and progressive, mm-hmm. uh, and then a- answers. You know, it's been around since 1976, and it's something that you know we started talking. It just kind of fit my image a little bit better, and with the 500 and that whole thing, it was just it just came together with perfect timing. So, um, that, that's just, it just worked out because, you know, we're, we're both kind of, we have the same image and we're, we're kind of like into the same thing and just, it just ended up working out that way. So I couldn't be more stoked to be a part of the program and, and, and I'm happy to have them around and, and they helped me out so much. Awesome. Yeah. I thought that was really neat. I, uh, I got Kiefer invited me to go over there and hang out with him and check it out. And, uh, you know, I, I'm personally a, a fly guy, but I thought that stuff was <laughs> sick. Uh, and I appreciated the dinner they had and letting us all come over and check it out. So yeah, it was really, really cool thing. Um, and Tyler, man, I, I really appreciate you coming on tonight. I do want to ask you, uh, before we let you go, 
Uh, you know, what are your what are your goals for this season? Do you have anything set as far as what you'd like to accomplish this year? I gotta live, man. I gotta live for this. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> one. Is, I mean, it's it sounds funny, but it's 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 harder than people think. You know, like, there's many guys that don't make it through the year. Sure. Um, no, I think last year I was 11th or 12th overall in points, and I was with uh, missing around going to, back to Germany, and then there was this one round where I kind of like it didn't go so well, and they didn't even let me in the main event. So there was like two races I basically missed last year. So this year I, I'm going to be at every race and like try to well race besides this weekend in st louis i'm going back to germany but i plan on like trying to be there and capitalizing as much as i can in the main events and uh my goal is top 10 you know i think i think it's a real real, it's a realistic goal on this uh, on on my privateer program i put in a couple top 10 overall finishes last year in the main events and i just know like i was pretty close in points i think it was only like seven or eight points out Mm -hmm. of the top 10 last year so like i know i can do it and uh i think it's a realistic goal to set I think it, it, it looks pretty good if, you know, this privateer program, if we can put it in the top 10 in points. Oh, There's absolutely. a lot of factory guys kind of, yes, yeah, you know, sprinkled around there. Yeah, as as they as we always say every year, the the, the field is stacked. This year, very much so. Yeah. I mean, with, I mean yeah, sure. really, with yeah. Marvin being yeah. really the only guy out right now. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's impressive to even make it into the main event, but and uh, you, you prove yourself capable every week. And, yeah, we, we look forward to, to seeing you continue, man. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. And then, of course, just like last year, I didn't reach my goal last year. It was a couple positions off, too, but I got to get that, that permanent number so I can get 69 back. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome. So. Well, Tyler, man, uh, appreciate you coming on. It was great seeing you this weekend. And uh, the next one I'll be at is San Diego, so I guess I'll see you in about a month. Right on. That's a perfect one. All right, Tyler. Take care, bud. Thanks. All right. You guys too. Right, Bye. See ya. Dude, always fun to talk to Tyler. Just uh, a great personality. Yeah, I like hearing him say, Going after that permanent number, which, yeah, yeah. you know, which is definitely cool because that means he'll be there next year. Yeah, he's not done, man. But I you mean, know what I'm saying? Like he was just talking about he's he's looking towards the future, and mm-hmm. with guys like that that are cool to have in the sport, it's cool to hear that he's going to keep on going. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and he, like I said, he's always the, whenever we've talked to him, he's always just fun. And um, I was trying to get with him or kind of early in the morning. He had a lot going on, but. You know, he made time for me later. Yeah, and just always seems to be in a good mood. At least when I've been around him, I haven't ever had <laughs> had to hang out with or try to talk to him when he had had a bad race. But yeah, he's a right. good dude. Uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back with uh, Derek Drake. We were supposed to have Charles or not Charles Castlew, but Daniel Castlew on Mohead, and he did not answer. So hopefully, we'll be rescheduled that for next week. But we'll we'll get him on another time. Anyway, commercial break. Be right back. If you want power, then you need. Williams Moto Works. Wait, wait, what what was that? It's the Supercross guy voice. No, no, it's not. It sounds more like a Hulk Hogan promo. Well, that's good and tough. I like that. Dude, we aren't making a redneck commercial for a professional company like Williams Moto Works. He designs camshafts, builds performance motors with CNC porting. So it needs to be tough and cool. A company who can reprogram ECUs. Higher rev limits and custom maps needs a professional commercial, dude. So, like, if you want complete power package from cams, portings, transmissions to ECUs, then contact Williams Moto Works at 414-467-6199 or follow them on Instagram at camdesigner, or you can even email them at Williams Moto Works. That's Williams Moto and then W-E-R-X at gmail.com. Okay, that's better Not good, but better. 
Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10 second removable fork seal protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why All Sport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. All Sport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try All Sport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, all sports dynamic braces. Powerband Racing is a suspension company dedicated to providing best service and products. They are committed to developing new products and improve your ride. They want your suspension to be the best it can be. They're based out of Minneapolis, and they're a WP authorized service center and trusted by Ryan Sipes. Many bikes to big bikes, they cover them all. Powerband Racing has your suspension covered. Contact them at 320-983-3400 and follow them on Facebook or Instagram. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. Seven two Trey, I wear fly wear fly too. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new Women's Light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. Blood Lubricant Signature Products, Blood Power Sport Series, Blood Racing Pro Series, and Blood Racing Pro Elite Series were all created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. From dirt track to off-road, motocross, supercross, and drag racing, BloodLubricants.com has what you need. Along with their oil lines, Blood Lubricants provides chain loop, degreaser, polyclean, and other top-notch products. Independent tests have shown blood lubricant oils to allow your bikes to run up to 30 degrees cooler. Give Jeff Green and Blood Lubricants a try and you won't be disappointed. 
Blood Lubricant sponsors of Tyler Powers, Team PRMX, Team TXS, and many other pro supercross and motocross riders. Visit bloodlubricants.com today. Right, our next guest of the night is brought to you by Acherbys. Acherbys USA for decades has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories. With products that fit perfectly, look amazing, and last, Acherbys is what you need. Visit acherbysusa.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and let Brian Fullerton take care of you. Let him know the Moto X Pod show sent you. Acherbys brings us TLD KTM's Derek Drake. What's up, dude? How's it going? Going good. Um, right off the bat, man, I want to know how your uh, how your first Supercross felt. Uh, it felt really good, actually. Um, I felt uh, like I should be there, and I just felt um, in place. Really, that that's that's big deal, man. Because a lot of a lot of kids, especially your age, but hell, even some older guys that have been around for a while, still feel like they don't belong. To feel that way right off the bat, that's gotta that's gotta be pretty confidence building. Yeah, we've done a lot of um, preparation, and I have a lot of um, good people around me that have a lot of experience. So, um, yeah, really the whole day went really smooth, and um, I felt really good. So coming into the weekend, like, what was your corner telling you to to get you to this mindset? I mean, this this is – just letting you know it's not normal to come into a (laughs) Supercross and be like, yo, man, I'm supposed to be here. Right. You know, so, like, like what kind of stuff – was your corner telling you, the people helping you out, all that kind of stuff? How do they keep you calm in a situation where you should technically be losing your mind? Um, I think it was, uh, we just stuck to the regular stuff the week before. Um, I basically said the, really the goal was to get good starts, and that it was funny. That didn't happen at all. So <laughs> my starts, my, I did a complete opposite. My starts were awful, but uh, my riding was good. I, I just, like, I've been walking super cross who knows how many years so yeah. I, I i just prepared myself i think <laughs> so when those when those lights you know i mean you've raced you know big races before you've raced monster mm-hmm. cup you, you've done all these big things but there's still nothing quite like a one so that when you know exactly you walk roll out there yeah. for the uh opening ceremonies and the pyros going off and you're lining mm-hmm. up i mean what's your heart rate at you got you probably had a heart rate yeah. monitor on. where what where was it Oh, yeah. Um, well, the funny thing is, so I guess it's like a new rule this year where 250 Heat 1 has to be on the line before opening ceremony. Yeah. So um, I asked like my team manager, TK, I was like, hey, uh, what time should I go up to the line? He's like, oh, 640, start rolling out. You should be good. And I'm like, okay. So I'm in the like trailer at like 620, just hanging out with everyone. And uh, AMA official comes walking in. He's like, hey, uh, you know you're on the line, right? I'm like, what? Like, yeah, you guys are you guys are on the line. You're you're um you're heading out soon. I'm like, oh my, no way. Grab my helmet, grab uh, my mechanic hunter, and we rip down there. I'm like going through my mind. I'm like, there's no way I'm missing my first and I'm <laughs> gate drop. Super yeah. Like there's no way. But then once I got like I was gonna be a fourth or fifth gate pick, and uh, I mean the only thing that happened is I got like twelfth gate pick because I was late. <laughs> but um. Way to go, TK. Yeah, yeah. late to your yeah. first Supercross like, heat yeah. race. That's great. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's the only thing that happened. But yeah, my heart rate was pumping from that. Like, I rolled up to line at like 170. <laughs> and um, it calmed down once the opening ceremonies went yeah. around, but still not that much. 
Yeah. How about the, I, I was up in the press box and the heat from the, the flames was like intense. What's it like right there at the gate? Was it pretty hot? Yeah, definitely. Like they had the fireworks right on the line. And, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, I mean, luckily I had my helmet on and stuff, but, um, the poor mechanics. <laughs> right. Well, uh, what'd you take away from, uh, just the overall experience? You know I mean? You, uh, was there anything you learned that you were maybe weren't expecting? Um, I mean, the I've never ridden inside like a baseball stadium before, so that was different. Like Moss Cup was a big open, and um, you didn't really notice I'm really much at all. But I really noticed how tight it was, how the stadium was really tight, and um, I noticed how well the tough blocks like hang on like hook to you like they don't just budge <laughs> over like right you like in, on press day like i was rolling around the inside like i clipped one and i was like dragging that thing forever like yeah you do not want to hit those things because it'll ruin your day pretty quick so coming in speaking of what you learned or whatnot i mean you were a very and and your teammate who's going to be racing on the other coast of were very hot amateur you know what i mean everybody going mm-hmm. through the pits they they knew who y'all were that's kind of how it is but how is it now coming into, in a way, which you showed that you've got a very bright future, but still you're like a, a small fish in a big pond of a yeah. lot of riders. How How is the change for there? Like, did you notice it, or how was mm-hmm. that? Yeah, it was definitely different because when I was on, like, I've only raced against, like, two of the people on the line. And, oh, right. like, like, you know, there's, like, yeah. the top dogs. Like, I've never, I've never raced against them in my life so it, it was it was pretty different racing against everyone um that i've just been watching on tv for years and years but uh, it really i mean i noticed like the practices are pretty hectic it's really busy um i mean obviously the first lap is insane um there's no really getting used to that unless you just <laughs> put 40 riders on a on a test track but, yeah no way to train for it no, you just you just got to do that every week, but you just got to be smart about it. And, um, I mean, hopefully this week going to get some better starts and not have to worry about that. Yeah, because we've heard that a couple of times from some of the new people talking about the intensity of getting out there and not having a lot of practice on the track. I know you got to do press day, so that definitely helped. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, on the weekends that you aren't doing that, like what's your plan forward to make sure you can get those good times in early? Yeah, um, yeah, so like this week in St. Louis, I won't have press day. Um, I think the next press day happens in like Glendale or something. But I'm somebody that I I love press day. Right. Um. Yeah, but. Uh, I mean, I guess just we have our eight minute time practice. That is. Yeah. That's pretty. I mean, it's not important, but um, it's important to get the track down so you can get uh your I mean settled in for the next qualifying sessions. Right. It's a big change from doing that and then having a full day of practice at the amateur stuff. I yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Now, yeah, because when you go to amateur, I mean, like, you still, like, say, like, Paul or whatever, like, you ride that during the week and then you still want to go to practice days during Saturday yeah. and you race Sunday. Like, yeah. now, I mean, I get it now, but, um, yeah, during amateur practice day was the best. You just, What's, yeah, a lot, a lot of time. What's some uh, something or some things that TK – kind of talk to you about maybe leading up to this race uh i mean you got tld is a young team this year um it's kind of a rebuild process and i know tk is you know on board for that and wants to see tld do well 
what is some advice he gave you to, you know, help you stay motivated or to help you focus or just anything that might have helped you out? Um, I mean, he goes to the, I mean, he's with the track with us every day. Mm-hmm. So, um, he's always, um, I mean, a big motivator there. And, um, I mean, really, he just, he didn't say, he didn't say a whole lot okay. at all. Um, he let me do my thing and let me, um, he didn't, he didn't tell me what to do on, on race day or where, where, where to go. I, I mean, he just kind of really kept it light to, to myself. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I mean, so, you know, I, I don't know what kind of personality you are. Some guys, yeah. you know, need somebody, you know, cracking the bullwhip and some guys mm-hmm. probably like to be a little more laid back. I would think with it being your first one, being a little more relaxed mm-hmm. probably was beneficial. Yeah, def- yeah, definitely. Yeah, you wouldn't want like mini dad life at, at your first. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go faster, or we're taking you home. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, talk about your your uh, teammate Brandon Hartraff. I mean, he's you know he's been around a couple years, and he's mm-hmm. you know, but he's new to TLD also. And uh, when we talked to him, man, he said like he could not believe how good that bike is. But what's it been like, you know, training with him a little bit? Yeah, Brandon's really cool. Um, I mean, we're obviously both on the West Coast, so we spend a lot of time together. I'm um, pretty much see each other every day, and um, yeah, we get along really well. And um, it's a fun, fun little dynamic that we all—I mean, all four of us have—with uh, Brian, the uh, French guy, yeah. French kid, and um, I'm no—I've known Pierce for years, so we've always gotten along. And yeah, we had him uh, on the show really not well. too long ago. And he was saying that he can't wait to get out there and show you just exactly how you're supposed to do it, is what he said. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't remember that, TJ. Huh. That's interesting. But we'll, yeah. t- we'll tell Pierce that Drake said the same thing. Exactly. We're going <laughs> to yeah, yeah. say the same thing. We're yeah. going to start a rivalry yeah, yeah. between the teams. Uh, uh, yeah. Inter-team rivalry. <laughs> yeah, come, come uh-huh. uh, let's see, I think Denver is the first uh, shootout. Yeah. yeah. So come, come Denver, they'll be at each other's throats. So, so y'all need to get yeah. on social media, even though <laughs> I, we know – Especially me, I've been following amateurs for years. Y'all get along great, but y'all need to build a rivalry just to uh, get things going. Not under the same tent, man. Come on. But yeah, under the same tent for sure. Yeah. <laughs> just build a rival rivalry with Austin because it seems like everybody, is doing <laughs> everybody that. else is yeah. doing that. Yeah, uh, but anyway, hey, so a one crazy hectic. It's more hectic than most races. Um, did you have any issues with like? Lots of family wanted to be there and trying to deal with tickets or anything mm-hmm. like that, or was that also pretty chill? Um, I mean, also we like I get a um, our team organizer coordinator Shay. She really helps out a lot. And, She's awesome. Um, yeah, awesome. So she takes care of all that stuff. Even if I text her, I need some. She'll she'll take care of it. So that part um, was really smooth over getting. I mean, tickets and all of that mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, my a lot. I grew up four hours away, so a lot of my family was there, and a yeah. lot like friends, family. I mean, I had the whole deal there, but it was really it, it went really smooth. That's good. Yeah, because I mean that once again it could be a, a, a hectic thing. We've heard a lot of guys who have family just you know, especially their home races where everybody mm-hmm. wants tickets, and you're just like they can't focus. So that's yeah. good. But TJ, you had so some- we so we know that you're going through all this hectic and training and all this new stuff, but what kind of stuff are you doing in your spare time? Like when they, when TLD isn't cracking the whip on you and all that kind of stuff, what are you doing? Like, like how do you kill time for fun? Um, there's not that much time to kill. I mean, I got home, we rode, uh, we rode the test tracks today and then we all got lunch. I mean, 
lot of the team, we all get lunch or before the gym or before a mountain bike ride or out, whatever. Well, wait, hang and, on. Right there, um, that's the problem. You're working out and riding mountain bikes, dude. I mean, you don't need that. Go party. Go have some fun. Go yeah, eat some pizza. You tell him to go party? Is that what you Well, do? I was going to say party, but you know, I yeah. don't party. I meant, I, meant I, like, mean, I meant like go have yeah. some pizza and some ice cream and hang out. Like, like, yeah, you're okay. like eight years old, not yeah, like go tell, drink. Yeah. Tell all of them that. I'm. Let me know. I <laughs> yeah, <want to> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, go ahead, man. Uh, yeah, but um, I, all of them write their programs. So, um, I get home, and I pretty much relax and uh, get ready for the new day. Yeah. If I have some spare time, uh, I ride my dual sport around uh, with some friends. But that is very rare. <laughs> You're not like playing Fortnite all on all your spare time. No, I don't. I mean, I don't really, I don't, I don't game that much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about girls? You got, you got a chick? Yeah, I've got a girlfriend. Oh, then you have no spare time. That's yeah, a, yeah. That, that's why you yeah, have. Yeah. No All right. Spare well, hang time. on. How old are you? Yeah, twenty. Twenty. Yeah. Okay. And Austin is twenty-one. Yeah. Do not. <laughs> Here, here's here's I'm forty-four. Here's my dad moment, Derek. Do not get married. Do not propose until you're close to thirty. I can't say that. <laughs> right. I was married with children. So was 18. I. That's the problem. Yeah. But well, I'm still my married. My girlfriend and I, we've been together for like five, six years. Yeah. Longer but, than that. So. But you're we've too been young, dude. for a long, long time. There's so much changes going to happen in the next five or six Definitely. years. Yeah. Just, uh, I mean, I, I like Austin, but I would have told him <laughs> to, dude, chill out, bro. Because it's, <laughs> whew. Yeah. Anyway, but I, but it's good that you have a chick that you're, you've been with for a while. Um, I think... I don't know. Kiefer always says hashtag home life. It's it's good to keep you grounded. You're not out, you know, swiping left or swiping right or whatever on Tinder. You know, yeah. so staying yeah, a little yeah. bit more focused. That's good, man. You got to stay. You got a good support system. It sounds like. Definitely. Awesome. Well, Derek, man. Um, last question before we let you go. What are your goals for the season? And uh, did you, you see know, how good his result was? He probably just yeah. surpassed them this weekend, right? Yeah, eighth overall <laughs> this weekend. But I want to know what what his overall season goal is. Overall, um, and not even necessarily I mean, a, missed, a position, just what you would like yeah, to yeah. accomplish. Um, I would like to accomplish uh, running up front. I want to get, I mean, whole shots for sure. And I'm like the bike's plenty capable. I'm plenty capable. Um. I mean, I missed that goal last week, so right now, <laughs> getting whole shots is, is my goal. Okay. Awesome. I mean, get up front and see what that pace is like up there. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, yeah I mean, exactly. Just run up front for as long as I can. Yeah, we, we TJ and I both play, you know, Pulp Fantasy, and you have mm-hmm. a chance to pick a first lap leader, so I'm not going to pick you just yet, but, you know, yeah, yeah. you start getting <laughs> consistent. Has, okay. I'll, I'll put has, you on my team. Has that started yet? Has it, people been bugging <laughs> you about the, the Pulp Fantasy stuff yet? No, no, not at all. Oh, you'll hear about it. You I'm, will. You will. Because we should yeah, have all I picked haven't. you this last weekend. You would have killed oh, yeah. everybody's team. <laughs> so Yeah, I don't do much about it. Oh, man. Yeah, well, yeah. You're, you'll get to a point where you're sick of hearing about it because guys are going to say, I picked you this week. And yeah. don't don't start playing, okay? Because <laughs> we, we've heard uh, Adam Cianciarillo say he's been out on the track and realized the guy in front of him is somebody he picked and he doesn't know if he should pass him. Because it's going to mess his oh. fantasy score up. So, yeah. yeah. That's Don't. pretty gnarly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Derek. Hey, man, it was really a lot of fun talking to you. And uh, I think the next round that I'll be at is, well, I'll be in San Diego. TJ will be in St. Louis. This, well, you're next. not going to the race. No. All right. So I guess I'll see you in San Diego. Right. Sweet. Sounds good. All right, man. Be safe and good luck the rest of the season, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yes, sir.
All right, that's Derek Drake, TLD KTM. Um, fun kid, man. Yeah, wait till, wait till he starts to get comfortable. His yeah. personality, I've talked yeah. to him quite a bit as when he was an amateur and – like the kids, the kids awesome, and we have a great group of kids coming in. Oh yeah, absolutely. That are going to be awesome in the future. I uh, I did I interviewed him I at Freestone this year yeah. briefly. Yeah. But yeah, I really don't know him well. But uh, it's another team that I kind of tried to get by this weekend. You know how it is though. You go to these races and you I have I have these plans of being like I'm going to go talk to this guy and this guy and this guy yeah. and this guy. And this guy. It, that's really hard. And you to get do. over there and there's like it's impossible. There's so much going on. I don't know how you do it. And, I did it one time at the Monster Cup when you weren't there yeah and obviously the people who know know that i didn't do a very good job so <laughs> well i had somebody stop me I, I can't remember who it was this weekend and it's like hey what are you doing i've seen you walk by here like 12 times and like bowers was behind where he was yeah and somebody else was in fr- on the other side was of it him? like a mechanic or a rider or uh it was brent rouse who is a is a pro rider. He uh-huh. rides outdoors, but he works for Bolt. Okay, I got you. And um, he saw me walk by a bunch of times. He's the guy that took my that got my ninety nine CR two fifty. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I see you keep going back and forth. I was like, well, I was waiting on Bowers, but he went in to get Doc G to work yeah. on him. So I ran over here to try to catch to catch Justin Starling real quick, but then Justin and also at the same time, I was told that I could catch Dylan right after signings. They were signing at two o'clock, so. I at two o'clock, they were there. So I ran to talk to Justin, but Justin and I talked for probably so 15, you had a, you fifteen just, minutes. Yeah. So as soon as I was done with Justin, I ran back to catch Dylan, where they were already done signing. So you missed it. So I went back to Bowers, but I was like, "That's how it is." And and all that time you're going, "Oh crap! I was supposed to go over to Geico. I was supposed to." Yeah. It's like I I'm way too intense with it, where I'm trying to like I, I probably should just let it be a little more relaxed, bro. But you did a great job. But I feel like I'm not going to get the content. Even like this week, you said the YouTube video was too long, but I wanted so much more. Yeah. Well, I'm also complaining about everything. Yeah, you said the show's too long. You guys, man, TJ thinks this show is too long. If you I like, say two guests, run an hour, hour and 20 minutes, perfect. Yeah. I mean, right now we're at an hour and 21, but we and I haven't it. even edited it yet. But, and also, there's also another guest that was yeah, supposed but to so, be here. We're okay, push this, if, and then we talk. I, I know probably nobody cares about this, but I'm going to edit a couple things, like the yeah. commercials... Have to be squeezed together still. No, we get that. I'm but just saying. realistically, if we had had Mohead on, it'd be an hour, an hour and forty. So you're yeah. with three or four guests. We're, we're really only twenty minutes longer than you want it. So two guests is perfect. Everybody just comment. Two guests is perfect. All right. So I'm gonna put a Twitter poll up Nobody's for our listeners, and it's gonna be longer show or get rid of TJ. I think I'm gonna be or gone. shorter show. Get rid of TJ. I can't. Whatever. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah, do yeah. that. But I will get voted off the show. But being that I'm only here like a quarter of the time, it seems it like really won't matter. Won't, won't matter. Realistically, I don't give you very many com- comment com- compliments. Yeah, yeah, comments, compliments, whatever. Either compliments. But I have had a, most people comment that they like the show better when you're in and we banter back and forth. Well, that's because you're a dick to me. That's the only reason why. Yeah, I have nobody to be a dick to when you're not here. Yeah, people. People. I think try to you're get Amber nice to guy. come in here, and she won't do it. They think you're just this really nice dude because you're real nice. Right. To everybody talk to, but then your real personality of the a hole comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why I don't come on the show anymore as much because you're such a dick. Could be. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know, but you said that our show should be shorter and our YouTube should be shorter, and you're not. You're going to St. Louis this weekend. You're getting there Saturday, but you're not going to Supercross. I don't have a hard what card. The- Frick, does this say about you? You don't. I think you don't like Supercross. You don't mm-hmm. like our show. 
No, I think Feld does too good of a job with their TV package for me to. Mm, that's, it's really good. Yeah, it's really good. I watched it once I got home Sunday night. It's good. Um, do we have anything else? I think that's it. Yeah, I feel like I want to keep going for like another hour. I can tell. Like you're like amped up. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm hungry a little bit, but there's still so much to talk about. Nothing? No, Nothing. we're good. You want to go? All right, guys, I was willing to go a little longer. I could probably get another guest on, but TJ wants to end it, so I guess we're ending it. Sorry. That's going to be it for episode 147. Don't forget about the Fly Podium giveaway. Five, we got to do something big for the 150th stand? episode. For our Some what? kind of episode? giveaway, 150th episode. We got to do a giveaway. Uh, maybe we can give a Fly F2 away. Oh. Yeah, I can. it's about time. We haven't given one away in a while, so we can give a Fly F2 helmet. F2 helmet, that's a big, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um. And then, I guess, hit us up on Instagram also or Twitter or whatever. Tell us who you'd like to have on for 150. Uh, maybe we could make some things happen. All I know is I texted about, I don't know, 11, 12 riders for this for this show this week. And until about 4 o'clock today, I didn't hardly have anybody. Well, that's I think every <laughs> podcast going is dealing well. with that this week. Yeah, it's been a busy week. And everybody's the travel back to St. Louis from Anaheim. I think it's making it difficult on guys. Anyway, all right, let's wrap this up because TJ's getting mad. He wants to go. So for episode 147, TJ and I are out of here. See you next week.